We have a we have a fun topic this week. Um, I think before we get into it, uh, how's your day today, Justin? Oh yeah. Um, well, I'll tell you this: I've had about as frustrating of a day as it gets. Have you ever had two coffees, then a third coffee, and then a fourth coffee, and you feel like you just can't get started? Mm-hmm. That was the day. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, I'm a health professional, or so it says on my <laughs> business card. So I don't recommend this. Um, your adrenals can't take that sort of hammering. Right. But I just felt like right around the next 30 milligrams of caffeine would be like my pop. I would, I would come out. Right. I never came out today. Um, and that was just a feeling the entire day. But things just changed. I'll have to tell you that. And it's beautiful that we have the topic we have tonight because the way my day changed was just, it was beautiful. Well, how'd your day change? I, I feel like I know. I think it's sitting right behind you. Well, so in what you're referring to is the new Orbea Rayon. Yes. Which is just all the white. Well, okay. So we have to back up. It was new. It was like double new bike day, triple new bike day, technically, because uh, mine came and yours came. Yeah. Last week, Thursday, I swung by the shop just to talk to you about <laughs> like schedule. Like, yeah. Kind of nothing, but then also schedule of some demos and um, some ideas on you know, you have new software for the demo bike. So like, what do we want to do with these mm-hmm. people doing the demo in the bike clinic we have coming up? And, uh, and as we're walking back with your coffee and I was just there for emotional support, I was going to go home and take a nap. And, uh, you said, see that truck right there. And it was the DHL truck. And you said, our bikes are on that truck. And immediately my entire day opened up and I had no responsibilities <laughs> that needed fulfilled. Hey, Justin, what do you have to do today? Literally everything, but nothing. No, I text Abby. She was at the gym. And I said, anything that happens minus a fire, um, handle. And if it is a fire, call 911. Yeah. Still handle. I don't have the tool set for yeah, that. I'm, I'm busy the rest of the day. And actually, thanks to you and to Colin and Mo and Sarah at the shop, I was able to, I think for the most part, what I will say, build my bike. You built most of your bike. And um, it was a really cool experience, one that I don't think most customers get. Mm-mm. And... One that I wish more customers did get because it allows you just to see the ins and outs. It's pretty cool. Nice. So anyway, okay, so there's an Orbe behind me. Uh, no, it was not. That's not what made me happy, actually. Um, okay. Yeah, it was beyond that. What made me happy today is we took one of, our, one of our coaches at E3. She's gotten into mountain biking last year, so relatively new in mountain biking. And last year I took her out a couple of times. And we haven't been out yet this year. And she said last week, she goes, hey, can we go on a mountain bike ride? I really, I like riding with you. You kind of coach me and, and help me see some things. I was like, sure, why not? So we planned for today. Mm-hmm. And I invited out a handful of other people. And we got a little E3 family bike ride happening today. And the best part of my day was riding behind a beginner rider. And her attitude was full gas. Like full gas. Like complete <laughs> She didn't care about anything, right? We referenced the bike that's sitting behind me. Like, it's got envy wheels. It's, it's stupid, fancy, all the things. And right now, there's this tiny little brake rub that's just like, just a tiny noise. And it's driving me bonkers. I'm going home tonight, and I'm taking the whole bike apart. Yeah. And <laughs> this, the, this tiny brake rub. Yeah. It, it's, warranted a 20-minute phone call. <laughs> yeah. It's ruining my whole experience. 
And yet I rode behind this beginner rider and she did not care for anything in the world. And she just hammered her pedals. Yeah. First day on clips, she's falling all over the place. And just, it was pure joy and just innocent, innocent joy. And that was, I mean, it turned my entire day around. Nice, nice. I think I, I had a, uh, a similar, I called you uh, after going to the, the gym on Wednesday. The reason Wednesday is significant is because I had my tax appointment on Tuesday night. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Boy, it feels good to just throw weight around. I mean, it really did. It, it <laughs> totally, like, I've, the tax, tax appointments are just stressful in general. And then a um, whole new set of parameters with owning the shop and, and learning how that's all going to work. Because you, you kind of have your tax thing figured out, right? Like, mm-hmm. when you're at a job for X amount of time and you get paid a certain way, like... It's easy. It's, you got W-2, you plug in, like, four items, you're done. And you're done, and you kind of know how you run your stuff, and... Total, total paradigm shift, and uh, I was, as uh, as we say, pretty pretty in my feelings about my tax tax uh, appointment. And you called me, and you had said, "God, it feels good to just go to the gym and throw weight around." Now that being said, you might have brought a little bit into the workout. Yeah, how'd that work out for you? <laughs> so, <laughs> I uh, I'm never doing that kind of leg workout ever again because I kind of felt better today. <laughs> Today's Monday. And that was Wednesday. That was Wednesday. So five day soreness. Five day dude, it was so bad. But you had it everybody had it. I think oh, I everybody was, I was wrecked. Everybody I had a couple of people comment on some posts I made about riding since then and um you know Fleer and and a couple of other folks like uh, Karin Everybody was just like, yeah, just nuked from that leg workout. No, like the quads got run through the cheese grater yeah. and then put back into the skin. Yeah. Yeah, it was bad. It was so funny that uh, um, Saturday morning we had the opportunity to uh, ride with some folks doing Courage Classic. I think it's Courage Classic this year. Yeah, Courage Classic, the level one cycling group. Yeah. Uh, great group of people. We did a suffer fest for them. And I got on the bike with the – I mean, it had been two days. Totally. You got on the bike as the the local bike shop professional. Yeah, like you know, we're gonna help these guys out yeah. with some tunes and stuff. I did. It was uh, the workout was uh, Sufferfest. Uh, it was the Nine Hammers. Which nine Hammers has nine blocks of various horrible efforts. Just punched in the face nine times. <clears throat> I did two of them, and then was like, I'm just gonna look like I'm working out <laughs> the. The entire rest of it. You threw in the towel on yourself. I did. And then I was coming by, checking in on you every now and again, and you were you were holding a very admirable 63 watts. Dude, <laughs> Just, this is all I could do. <laughs> uh, so so yeah, so it was tough, but uh, but that that I mean, I did have that that. That experience where just like it sounds silly, but just mindlessly lifting up heavy things and putting them down. Yeah, it feels definitely good. adjusted my uh, my mood for that particular day. So. Yeah, I, I, I'm a little frustrated that I've even allowed myself. And this is, I, we've talked about this in the gym several times and, and together as well. But like the tough part about endurance racing, uh, and really any endurance event, and we talk bikes because why would you run if you could buy a bike? <laughs> and so the problem with them is what happens between your ears is just you and yours. And so it can funnel into all sorts of just little rabbit holes mm-hmm. and you can really get in your feelings. And, and when you do, especially during a race, you can talk yourself right out of anything. Yeah. Um, and you know, I, I let that happen today a little bit. I'm just getting a little, I was getting frustrated and I'm forgetting the glory around me, both with riding tonight with a new router. And it was just so cool to mm-hmm. see just the joy. I mean, it has lifted me up. I mean, I'm jacked to ride tomorrow by myself mm-hmm. to use that passion and energy. Yeah. 
Yesterday we did a ride, uh, which was really cool to see three Orbeas just ripping through Pueblo yeah. um, Reservoir. So we did a ride yesterday, and we, we bumped into a guy on the trail that I'm going to figure out his actual name, <laughs> and I'm going to get him on this podcast. All right. So. Well, okay. So before we get into the, the topic. So tonight, uh, we're going to talk about e-bikes. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important to, for me, it's important for me to, to preface this with, we're talking about it because it's a fun topic. Everybody has an opinion about it, pro, against, whatever the case is. Nobody's without an opinion when it comes to a pedal assist e-bike. Um, and I don't want the tone of anything that we say to have a feeling of like alienating certain groups of people. I think that like, we're just, we're trying to have fun with an interesting topic. Right. Um, I think to accurately get into that topic, um, Justin and I have been on the same side of the fence as far as e-bikes concerned, um, going back two, three years. And I think in, for me, the last six to eight months, I've softened some of the, the firmer beliefs I've had about it. Uh, but I think for this episode to work, we just kind of have to like, I have to take a hard line, e-bikes are the best thing in the world, and you have to take the opposite stance. Well, that won't be hard. <laughs> um, although nobody is more hard line than Case. Oh my. <laughs> uh, if you have, uh, in, first off, I already know you're soft about this e-bike thing because you're trying to move the conversation from e-bike category to pedal assist. And that's the first bit of BS on this whole topic because we're softening even the conversation about it. Well, so it comes from a place of having to, like two weeks ago, I did just think they were all e-bikes. Now I have a greater understanding, class one, two, three, throttle versus no throttle. Um, So I'll go ahead and say, a motorized two-wheeled vehicle with a throttle is called a motorcycle, not a bike, and that's not part of this conversation to me. Right. Okay, cool. So we're talking people are still pedaling yeah. e-bike. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. And you're going to talk about being for it, Yeah. and I'm going to talk about a different spot. <laughs> so uh, just everybody try to remember that, <clears throat> again, I, at the end of the day, I genuinely believe that if people are out riding bikes responsibly, having a good time, um, that it's good overall. Um, I've got some, some hangups here and there, but the, the idea here isn't to alienate, alienate it's to have fun and just have a, a fun, interesting topic. So with that said, Justin, there we go. So, okay. When, when the e-bike conversation started and really it started, you and I talk trends in the bike industry quite often. You're way more knowledgeable about it than I am, but I'm very opinionated, so we can have spirited <laughs> chats. <laughs> the wronger you are, the louder you are. Yeah, I say, uh, be right, be wrong, just be fast, mm-hmm. and then you can adjust, adjust and adapt. So we started talking about these about a year ago because Europe's inner bike, right? Uh, Eurobike, yeah. Eurobike, mm-hmm. okay. Eurobike, according to some industry people that I had known, and you confirmed this, was massive in e-bikes. Like mm-hmm. the largest part of Eurobike was the e-bike situation and the riders out there. Like there's a lot more e-bike usage in Europe, both for commuting purposes, that aside, but trail bikes, it's huge out there. Mm-hmm. And so when we started talking about this, I was like, man, there is no way that it's going to happen. Like that is so, so wrong. Like I was just 
immediately. It was just, it was something that tasted so disgusting that I didn't want to talk about it. Right. But it's not even slowly. It's rapidly moved into the U S market. Yeah. So the growth in the U S market has been exponential. I think in over, I would say two years, um, <clears throat> last year when we opened base camp, um, there wasn't a lot, even if we did want to have a wall full of e-bikes, there wasn't a lot of good options from the vendors that we work with. There's a couple of okay options. Um, and then this year, I literally can't keep up with the number of options we have for the store right now. Yeah, and I've ridden some of them. And so I'm saying that knowing, listen, I, I've ridden them, not on a trail. No, I mean, just I'm around the neighborhood. But yeah, I've ridden them around the neighborhood. So I, I, so I have been on them. So I've, I've got some experience with, with riding on top of them. But as soon as we started talking about the e-bikes, I drew a hard line and I said, there are three categories of human beings that get to ride an e-bike. And that's it. And if you don't fit into one of those three categories, you just simply can't ride it. All right. And so my three categories were, and I'm going to still say are, because there's one that's kind of jumped in there. But if you are a wounded veteran, Okay, I mean, you're missing, you don't have to be a veteran. You could have been an idiot that got his arm caught in a lawnmower too. Mm-hmm. But if you're missing an appendage and it limits your ability, or if you're miss, you have some massive thing that limits you in a handicap capacity, and an e-bike is the only way that you can function on a two-wheel upright bicycle, like not those crazy recumbent things with the weird flags, but a legit bike, okay, that works. So I'm just going to say wounded veterans because that, you're wearing a camouflage hat right now. Okay, so wounded veterans. Two, if you're terminally ill, okay, and I know this is dark, but if you're terminally ill, right, there are, your body's being attacked a hundred different ways, man, and you want to be like, hey, I'm going to, the rest of this journey that I'm on, a bike's a part of it, rock and roll. And then lastly, if you're over 70 years old, so 70 is the number, it's not like retirement age, you can still be pedaling, and there are plenty of people over 70 still pedaling, rock and roll, I met one yesterday in Pueblo. Those are the three categories. That's it. And that was my position. Well, and what was the fourth? I can't remember the fourth one. No, I'm going to stick with these three like, for We're going to stick with these three. Yeah, okay. the, right, we're going to stick right. with these three. All right. Um, yeah, and I, I think it was a conversation I had. Because um, I, 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 too, have often or always up to a certain point just looked at anything pedal assist as... Geriatric fitness. Not even that. Just, <laughs> just, uh, just not experiencing cycling. Okay. Yeah. Was kind of yeah. how kind of how I felt about it. Um, and then when we were down in Phoenix, there was a dealer event for a different bike bike brand, and a lot of them were staying at the hotel we were at. And last night in town, we ended up talking with this guy Sean from Fresh Bikes in Georgia. And it's his spot, and he's. We kind of learned that we knew some people from some Yeti connections, and and he's a ripper. Like he rides bikes hard. Um, and we started talking about this one particular model that is outrageous. I mean, it's an eleven thousand dollar bike. There's one version of it that's eleven thousand dollars and it has a battery and a motor. Um, and he's like, dude, I have one. And I kind of gave him the really like you. That doesn't seem like a, a thing that like a quote unquote real bike rider would have. Um, again, kind of living in that that different mind space. And he's like, look, man, life happens. And I've got a wife, I've got a, a daughter, and I've got every day an hour and a half 
to ride a bike before I dad duty starts. Waking the kid up, getting her fed, getting her changed, then going and running his business. If I can get out on a, a pedal assist e-bike and do two to three laps in the same amount of time, why wouldn't I do that? And I, I didn't really have a strong answer. I was like, eh, I mean, you know, it's Georgia, so I have to assume that we they don't get the the sustained amazing downhills that we get. Um, so yeah, like if you're just trying to have fun on a bike, um, and you do get exercise on them. Mm-hmm. Anybody that's ridden one on a trail will tell you it's not just like this effortless thing. So just to make sure that we speak the same language, yeah. real quick question. If you go and do DH riding, so mm-hmm. lift access, downhill riding, winter park, you still sure. remember. Do you think that that's still a workout? I do. So, and, and this is where, this is where the conversation is going to get interesting because forever we have a mutual friend. He's an unbelievable rider. He's a ripper. And he's like, the, I remember the first time, it was years ago, I went on a DH course and he said, man, where are your MyZone, your heart rate monitors mm-hmm. and watch, like it is going to work you. It is a workout. Mm-hmm. And I was like, all right. And so I wrote it and I disagree. It wasn't a workout at all. Like my heart rate never got out of the sixties. Like it wasn't a challenge. Like, yeah, my forearms are wrenched. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, but in terms of like a cardiovascular, like full workout, I did the whole day and I, and it wasn't a work. It was fun. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. Had a ton of fun in skill development through the roof. Uh, I think if you do two DH days a year as an XC racer, it's a brilliant decision because it makes you better. But it was not a workout at all. So my first point of contention with Sean and with this concept of it being like, hey, I get three laps. I just watched a video uh, over the weekend of a guy. He's, he's doing a, a six-mile loop XC-oriented course, like undulating, kind of sounds similar to the type of terrain you're talking about mm-hmm. in Georgia. And so the guy rode a Cannondale scalpel, 23 pounds, and then he rode uh, the Scott e-bike at 53 pounds, pedal assist. And he was timing him. Now, he'd been out throughout the day, and he'd ridden it, and he had e-biked it, and so he was kind of he was warm and privy to the course to kind of rule out lap one versus lap two. So he rides the scalpel. It took him 36 minutes and, like, 30 seconds. The guy's fast, right? He's yeah, he's a fast guy anyway. Full spandex, right? Then he went out on the Scott on the electric bike, and... He was 31 minutes and like 42 seconds. So it was a delta of like four and a half minutes mm-hmm. on that one loop. So for that guy, he couldn't do two or three loops on the e-bike versus the regular bike. It, it didn't work that way. You see right. what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. For, the delta was only rider, like four right? and a half, five minutes, right, right, for that rider. Yeah. So, and there's a lot of variables to this, right? Because when you get into this whole conversation, it's a difference just of mentality. Yeah. Right? Like... Again, like, I still kind of hold a part of the belief that, like, riding an e-bike isn't experiencing cycling, like, to a point. But I have to take into account that not everybody experiences anything in the same way, never mind this one super narrow segment of, of one corner of the world sport. Right. You know, and so... For me, I think it ultimately boils down to you and I and all the people we surround ourselves with. We get on a bike to, yes, to have fun, obviously. Like, it's a passion sport. But you can argue that a large percentage 
of the rides that we do are centered around fitness, building fitness, getting a workout. Um, and then we, we do the fun rides to remember why we do the other right. rides. Um, Call them the bro rides. Yeah, the bro rides. Um, and so I think that's, it's hard to, I've, I've used the argument of what if there's a person that they're sick of, you know, they're up to this point, all their disposable income has gone to music equipment. Not that that's bad, but it's mm -hmm. just, it's an indoor sport or indoor sport. It's a, it's an indoor activity where you're not really getting a lot of uh, fitness. And they're like, man, you know what? I spend $5,000 a year on music gear. And this is the year that I want to do something outside. And they take that money and they put it towards an e-bike just because they want to have fun. No, no racing goals, no mileage goals, just fun goals. I want to I have two hours a day, three days a week to have the most fun I can have. I'm not a mountain biker. I'm not a road biker. I'm just a guy that wants to have a good time outside. And that's where, for me, I kind of have to just relent a little bit and, and support it. Okay, let me ask you a question. You get to eat one last thing. Your life is over. You eat one last thing. I don't know why you're on death row, but you are. What do you want to eat? What's that one thing? God, Be man. specific. Yeah. I need to know exactly what it is. That's a tough one. I'm, I mean, the knee-jerk reaction would, would be like a really amazing steak. Where's the steak from? Man, there's this place in Texas we went. I don't even know the name of it, but okay. I, I know the place. I have the place in my mind. Yeah, what uh, what cut of steak did you get when you got there? Uh, we did uh, we did strips. We did New York strips. And what was was it? Did you get it like Oscar style or anything? It was just a straight up meat. Just straight up meat. So you would have a New York strip steak from this one steakhouse in Texas that you know of, but you don't know the name, but you know exactly. Like you can close your eyes and picture the steakhouse, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. okay. That's the meal, right? Yeah. Okay. And a baked potato from Portocal in New Orleans. And a baked potato from Portocal in New New Orleans. Yeah. Very specific, right? Yeah. Super specific. Okay. Why is that your favorite baked potato? Because it's the best one there is. Okay, now, if you lived, when you lived in New Orleans, how often did you eat that? Not, I mean, not a ton. Not a ton. But yeah. when you had it, was it memorable? Yeah. So memorable that at this point, I mean, several, like, decade plus removed from maybe your last baked potato, it's still on the forefront of your mind. You can yeah. taste it right now. Yeah. Okay? That's why if you're able-bodied, whether you do it for fun or not, an e-bike is a cop-out. For the real fun, because it is so much more fun when you've put into it. Like if you put in the work, like right now, say you're going to go to New Orleans in three months and you have a trip planned, maybe that baked potato is on there and you're thinking about it and it just elevates that experience that much more. On a small scale, that's exactly why we pedal up the hills. That's why we fight through the chunky, rocky terrain. It's why we carry our bike up over water bars and ledges that I don't have the skill set to go up. That is why we grit and burn and sweat and hurt to get to that point where I can turn around and everything I've put into it, all that effort, all that sweat equity to that downhill experience or that ride experience is so much greater when you've put in that level of effort. You've committed to it like anything in life. Mm -hmm. And I feel like the cop-out e-bike ride up, pedal assist, and you're saying it's still workout, but let's be honest, we've ridden those things. They cruise. Like, yes, it requires effort. Like, you can't just be a dead fish on top of the thing, but a significantly less amount of effort necessary. It just is going to diminish that downhill. Let me ask you, have you ever shuttled Apex? 
No, never would. Not in a million years. Not in a million years. I think by shuttling, for those of you that don't know what I mean, it's having somebody drive you in a car to the top of a trail and then you just ride the downhill. It's mm-hmm. like a long distance uh, downhill course. You would never do it, not in a million years. I think the e-bike is a shuttle. That's how I view it. Mm-hmm. I just view like it's a cop-out shuttle, like an easy up so I can do all the hard, fun stuff down. It's a cop-out. So, okay. Fitness aside. Because we're just, we're just playing out scenarios here, totally. right? Yeah. So there is, on the flip side of that, there's somebody who has never done an activity in their life. They're overweight, they're unhappy, their health is poor, and they have decided to make that step. Mm-hmm. And for whatever reason, in their mind, that step is starting with an e-bike. Can we give that person like the okay? Like, hey, they just wouldn't be out here. 100% would not, have not, never will be out there doing anything to better themselves as an individual, increase their health, increase their fitness, but with the access to something that to them may seem so insurmountable. Like you took somebody who has never ridden a bike before, isn't in good shape, may have some health problems related to not being in good shape, and you take them to the base of Apex and you say, okay, you want to get in shape? Go ride to the top of that and then ride down it. They're probably going to tell you to go pound sand, and they're just going to go back to their sedentary lifestyle. Yeah. So is there a scenario where, to a point, something's better than nothing? Like, it can't just be the thing forever, but if it's, a 12-month, 24-month stepping stone to overall better health, overall better fitness, um, getting a bike without a, a pedal assist feature. Can we, can we go there? Can you go there? Can you get your head there? No. Okay. So, <laughs> okay. And, and I get what you're doing. Like, you almost painted me into the corner, right? With, a, with like, having to, having to relent and say, well, yeah, I mean, I want somebody moving instead of not moving. But the answer is no. And it's also because you don't take a beginner to the bottom of apex and say, this is what you have to do, right? Just like if you're learning to ski, right? Lord knows there's no, there are no uh, skiing assist electric skis, no, right? Like, no. Because gravity does the work. But Correct. you don't take someone who's just learning how to ski to the top of a black diamond run and say, there are the moguls. You'll be better if you get to the bottom. You don't do that. You build them up. Mm -hmm. You start them on a bunny hill and then they go to greens and they go to blues and they work their way up. And that's what they do. And they realize along the way that it's the same skill set the entire time, right? They're doing the same thing. They just, as they're progressing, are able to do it at a little bit more experienced level. No, why would I take somebody who overweight, never ridden a bike, wants to go out and be healthy? Why would I want to take that person who's obviously got a history and I'm not judging this artificial human but they're out there. First of all, you are judging. No, that I'm not. What I'm saying is, because I'll tell you this, when somebody is super unhealthy and like leading a lifestyle that is uh, taking advantage of the oxygen they were given, right? And when I see them doing self-damaging work, like standing in a line at McDonald's, mm-hmm. right? No, I don't have a lot of love for that person. And yeah, there's probably some judgment that goes through, right? Because I think that uh, their short life, use every bit of it. So they're being disrespectful. But... If you're in that position because you've had a, a history of behavior patterns and you want to change those behavior patterns, why am I going to say, I love that you want to change them. Let me show you 
the super easy way to do it. Right now, join now, buy an e-bike, ride for 10 minutes, top of the mountain, enjoy the downhill. It's totally fun, get your stoke. You'll be healthy in 12 to 24 months on a stepping stone. Like, no way. I'm going to say, here's your first bike, all right? We're gonna start you at a bike path. I want you comfortable with the bike. Here's maybe some cones to go around. Sure. Then we go to Green Mountain, then we go to Centennial Cone, and Denverites, you'll know who I'm talking about. And then, then maybe you go to Apex, you don't survive it. I remember the first day I cleaned Apex up, and I remember the first day I cleaned it down and was actually in control of the bike and not hurting myself. I also remember the first day I fell into cactus in the gut and the pain <laughs> that was there. In that character development, the, the seeing of the successes as I grew, that, that's responsible for my continued behavior patterns that are much different than the person who is maybe stuck in that position. So no, I'm not going to give them an easy carrot cop out. Have you ever modified a workout for somebody at E3 because of a physical limitation due to a lack of fitness? 100%. You're absolutely right. Have, <laughs> I, have, I, have I allowed them to use an automated machine that does the exercise for them? No, I mean, I get that there's a difference, but there's also a similarity. No, I, I understand the similarity. And that's what I'm saying. Like if I gave somebody a beginner bike and took them to a beginner trail, I would say this is a great place to start. If somebody joins the gym and they're 55 pounds overweight, their, their uh, body fat percentage and their visceral fat levels put them at uh, increased risk for cardiovascular disease, type 2 diabetes. Like they're in bad shape, right? Mm -hmm. And I have those people in the gym. Do I tell them the super easy way to show them some don't have to try that hard exercise? Everyone who walks in the gym, whether you're in amazing shape or if you're in horrible shape, both and everyone in between of those people are going to get pushed to the limit. We're going to reestablish how hard we thought hard was and we're going to break ourselves and we're going to become new humans. And that's only going to happen because I'm going to make you dig. Now, are they different? Sure. But do I think that the e-bike conversation is the same? No, I think the e-bike conversation is, here's the really, e again, I told you, there's a few people that the limitations are insurmountable. Sure. And, and I've, I've met, not so, um, our, 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 our close friend, Sean, um, passed away two years ago. Um, he had terminal cancer. He still wanted to ride bikes. And there was a little window of time where we wanted to take him for a ride and, and an e-bike was the solution. And I've had people in the store. Um, so I, yeah, I, I, I get it. I get that part for sure. And, um, I just, <clears throat> how know, do you go backwards? What do you mean? So I don't have a moto bike, a mm -hmm. dirt bike. And if, if you have one and you want to invite me for a ride, the answer is no, because <laughs> I think, right. That, how do you, yeah, I ride yeah. a dirt bike and you're done ruined. Yeah. Sell all the mountain bikes. Right. Because why? That's just my assumption. Sure. And I, I, I have to circle back around to like a difference of mentality, right? Like in the taking a new rider to the base of apex scenario, um, some of the points that you illustrated were appreciate like the downhill being so much sweeter because of the accomplishment mm -hmm. of clearing this section and making that switch back and getting over that water bar and maybe not quite having it in the tank and having to walk a section, but remembering that section and saying, I'm coming back for you. There's a mentality that there are a group of people who are, are going to look at any challenge and say, yeah, challenge accepted because that's the mentality they have. There is a much, in my opinion, larger percentage of the population who go, I don't know, that looks pretty hard. I'm probably just going to go home. If you're 
you can't use us as the model for who's going to, who's going to ride an e-bike. I don't think, I don't think it's a fair way. Like you can't use, yeah, I, I agree with you hundred percent. We e- wore spandex. Yeah. Um, so if we're taking this whole group of other people and just saying that they're not going to appreciate that they're, they're halfway up the hill, they're going to get pissed off and they're going to turn around and they're just going to go back to the car and maybe never ride a mountain bike again versus saying, Hey man, it was way more doable than I thought it, it was. My heart rate did get up. I did get a workout. I did do the ride. Um, I think that's more of a, we're, it's hard. Denver's in such a bubble. Like Denver's like this crazy fit place, right? So there's way more of us than there are of the other. Yeah. Let me ask you, uh, do you believe in participant ribbons? I don't. Okay. Is an e-bike not a, like you're, no, you are not allowed on Apex. Like I'm, I'm are, using Apex. Like, Apex okay. is a horrible no, place it's not, to like. Because, because you can't have the same conversation with me about an e-bike at Green Mountain. Because my, and I think you're, you're somewhat, by, by not using Green Mountain as an example, you're somewhat kind of agreeing with that, which is, if you want to start riding in Green Mountain, super basic, very beginner trails, yes. there are some challenging stuff on there for yeah. sure. And that climb is no joke. It's mm-hmm. steeper than yeah, anything. The climb is nasty. Okay, but you can avoid that. Um, if you're going to say, hey, this person's never biked before, they want to get into biking, and you actually use, like, I want to be healthier as part of it, so it means it is a little bit fitness motivated. You didn't use Green Mountain because we would both agree, let's just put them on a pedal bike. You're able to do that. Like right. anyone can, you could ride yeah. a cruiser bike on yeah. Green Mountain. I've proven yeah. you can ride a cruiser bike on Falcon. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> it's true. Uh, yeah, we should take a little detour because it's a little serious right now. <laughs> What were the circumstances leading up to riding a cruiser bike down Mount Falcon? Not down. Well, first up it. Up it and down it. And then down it. <laughs> so I lost a bet to... You lose a lot of football bets. I know. You should pick a different college to root for. You know what, though? Because I... <laughs> you just paid, you I'm, paid I'm watching, one last week. I'm watching the TV show Billions. Yeah. This character on Billions, he's a, he's a masochist. Uh-huh. And, uh, and a political enemy was going to use it against him. And so he just had a press conference and he told... like. State of New York, he's running for attorney general. I'm a masochist, and he's like, let it fall. The chips fall where they may. Yeah. He still won the election. I'm a little bit of a masochist with these challenges. Yeah. So like in the last in the count in the last 18 months, I've lost a challenge where I've had to ride a single speed up lookout, a cruiser bike up and down Falcon, and I uh, at one point had to sit in the middle of the gym during active sessions and eat two Cinnabon. Um, <laughs> I forgot two about Cinnabon, the Cinnabon in the middle one. of the gym, gym <laughs> because the Rockies <laughs> lost to the Dodgers. <laughs> so. I think I'm a masochist when it comes to it yeah. because I like the story. So Wisconsin beat Iowa in football. Loser had to ride Clint's cruiser bike, which is a single speed cruiser with a coaster brake, uh, up and down. I wore a, a full. I wore the Pearl Azumi um, Mach Five speed suit. It was the fastest speed suit in the world at the time, in a TT helmet. <laughs> and I beat three. I beat everybody to the top. Clint rode behind me. I wore running shoes, so any section I couldn't clean, I would sprint through. Okay. And I got my third fastest time up Falcon. Um, and then on the way down, uh, the coaster brake went on. It got on fire, yeah. so it was smoking. Yeah. Yeah. Anyhow, <laughs> little palate cleanser. There. <laughs> uh, well, so I, I want to kind of. I think you've got some big bombshell to kind of ruin me. I don't know if we've gotten there yet. No, we haven't gotten there yet. Um. 
but so we're kind of we're kind of flogging this 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 e mountain bike thing, right? We're like that. That's one segment of this whole pedal assist thing, right? Yeah. So in in a part I can get behind. I wish I could commute to work every day. I really do. I wish I I wish I could. The problem with me commuting to work every day is that I also get the supplies for the gym. So oftentimes I have to run Dead Restaurant Depot, Sam's Club, Whole Foods. I have to go get big items that I have once got the juice bar supplies from Restaurant Depot. I had to take them out of boxes and I came back with 50 pounds of frozen fruit in a backpack. <laughs> That's just a little laborious. Yeah. So some of the cargo e-bikes that could help me, if it could take place of my vehicle and I'm still pedaling, Right. totally cool. We, we walked in here to record the studio and Dee talked about a guy who's got a coffee cart here. That's an, an e-bike kind of coffee cart. Yeah. All the way in on that. See, when you're replacing a vehicle, I think that that's really cool. And I can get 100% behind that. Yeah. And, and I, I, this is kind of where uh, we're just going to be on the same page. I yeah. Think. I mean, um, I see a lot of utility for, um, again, maybe somebody who isn't necessarily defined themselves as a site. Who, who looks at 20 miles in a day and goes, dude, I don't even drive that. Right, right. And they've got time constraints. And, you know, there, there are scenarios where, hey... Leave the cart home. Grab a pedal assist bike. You can, you can still hit the grocery on the way home. You can still hit the gym afterwards, um, and you can you don't have to add. You, you don't have to book in two extra hours. You can pick up the kids from school. You can not wait in traffic. You can you know yeah. across the board. There's a litany of reasons why I think as a commuter, and I think as a uh, exchange for a vehicle. I'm in where we're draw where I have drawn the hard line is just having them on trail, like the yeah. e-mountain bike thing, because at its core, mountain biking isn't for everyone, mm -hmm. right? And there is a grit and a dirtiness to it that, so I took Abby out to Pueblo this weekend, and uh, you were kind enough to give me an Orbea Rayon for her to ride. And she had, I'm gonna tell you, she had all the fun in the world. And it was a bit of a gamble because Colin and I started riding with her. We rode about a mile and a half. And just made sure she was comfortable with everything. Like, she's still funky about the dropper posts. Mm -hmm. I didn't realize how hard dropper posts are for 125-pound women yeah. versus, like, full-grown dudes. Yeah. I hit the lever, and the seat goes down. And then I get off it, and the seat comes back up when I hit the lever. And so we're setting up the bike in the living room the night before, uh, Friday night, Saturday night. And uh, I'm trying to get her to learn the dropper post so she's comfortable with it. And I go, just push the lever and it goes down. And she's like sitting on it and pushing the lever and it's going nowhere. <laughs> and I'm like, well, just kind of, I guess like give it a little. And so she's forcefully banging her ass into the seat while pushing the lever. And it's not moving. Not moving. And I go, get off. Kind of frustrated. I do. It falls down in a second. Right. comes right back up. And so we had a little, we had fun. Um, so anyhow, we rode for a mile with her. And then Colin and I took off. And I said, hey, call me, text me. If you, I got the phone on, not on vibrate, like if you need help. We come back over two hours later, and she's still not at the car. She's a ways away, so we wait for her. She comes in, still smiling, having a blast, having a ball, like comes cruising in. Anyhow, she's like, I love mountain biking. And I said, no, you love valet mountain biking. <laughs> <laughs> she goes, what are you talking about valet mountain biking? And Colin, he's sitting in the, in the front seat next to me as we're driving back, and he, has a, a smart, he knows where we're going here. Right. Abby loves when the bike is... Cut, like set up for her, totally ready to go at the trail, water bottle, like all she has to do is physically sit on it and go enjoy it. And when she gets back, never sees it again. Now in defense of Abby, if I had that option, <laughs> <laughs> I would prefer valet mountain biking. It sounds real nice, right? Yeah. 
But how much joy do you take in all of the, the tinkering, the cleaning, the maintenance, the intimate understanding of how things do and don't work? Like the, the way that, that that bike, more than just the sport of mountain biking, there, it's a part of you and there's a satisfaction that comes with having something so visceral and being able to be fully self-sufficient with that giving given thing. Isn't it just like yeah, everything? Yeah, we, we covered back in the Old Man Winter episode how just the meticulous nature of the night before a race, the prep, the, you know, getting your nutrition and your bottles mixed and your, you know, clothing option A, clothing option B. Um, incidentally, neither of them were right. <laughs> um you know, and then also prepping the bike, you know. So, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, uh, for me, that's just part of it. Yeah, you know, it's, and so I, I guess if, I think if you're going to be, if you want to be a mountain biker, okay, whether for fitness or for health or for just the joy of it, you have to know how to change a tire. You have to know how to fix the things when they go wrong because who wants to be in the middle of one of their events, you're enjoying it, and you have to wave somebody down to like, I don't know how to do this thing. Like I'm stuck. Like the feeling of being stuck, you know, their movements across the world are about empowering people to move out of their current situation, mm-hmm. be it oppression to financial restraints to like everything. Whatever the case. It's worldwide. The e-bike, the e-mountain bike, okay, is telling people there's an easier way. You don't have to work as hard and you still get all the good stuff. It's a freaking participant ribbon. Radio edit. Um, so I've got, I have like an extra consideration, right? Okay. Like I, like as a guy who owns a bike shop that sells bicycles, like I've got this extra layer of kind of having to be okay with it. Yeah. I, I could just draw this weird, bizarro, hard line in the sand and be like, this is a, not an e-bike mountain shop. Financially, business-wise, I mean, just it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense in in any capacity for me. Um, and you're an advocate for more bike riding. Period. Yeah, and I think that's where I'm at. I think for me, where I'm at is is more more people riding bikes. Period. Um, Case, um, <laughs> who is seriously, all joking aside, the most hardline person I have ever heard talk about any two-wheeled pedal bike with a motor. I mean. The guy, like, it was hilarious, but, like, kind of surprising. Like, because he's pretty easygoing. Yeah, uh, with most things. Most things. But apparently, like, e-bikes are, like, the straw. No, when you said e-bikes, it was, like, in uh, 127 <laughs> hours when the screen's going, like, <laughs> when the guy's cutting his nerve yeah, yeah, and chopping yeah. his arm off. Yeah, yeah, That's how That was his reaction. Yeah. Um, and a big argument that, that we hear, trail access is, it's, it's a gift at this point, right? Like, mm-hmm. whether... No matter what your user group is, those are lands that are owned by government agencies and they can tell you no at any point. So um, whether you're a hiker, mountain biker, equestrian, access to these trails are a privilege. And there's a huge, huge, huge argument about e-bikes tearing up trails and e-bikes ruining trail access. Um, Where I land on that is you can be a dick and not have a motor on your bike. Totally. <laughs> and, 
And I agree with you. Yeah. Hunter, I don't actually think, and I know that's a huge argument. I think it's completely unfounded uh, because I, I am a huge dick on a lot of the trails. I often ask Justin to not wear his base camp kit when riding in Golden. I've developed a dispenser in the back of my shorts in my jersey pocket as well that dispenses Harley's cards on the trail <laughs> as I spray dirt and fly past people. Yeah. Um, no, I don't think that the e I don't think e bikes going to affect trail. So access. that does that doesn't enter into no, your argument. No, and I don't think they're going to tear up the trails at all. Um, they max out. They max. I mean, I rode a. Yeah. So my ride today was about for fun. Yeah. It was like twenty three mile an hour max, and I didn't even try today. Right. They max out at twenty miles an hour most of them. Yeah. Some hit like twenty eight, I think. But uh, yeah. Not going to happen on those trails. No. I also think that the weight of the bikes currently, even though it's going to come down, but at fifty ish pounds. Uh, I think they also automatically limit, like a person who has no bike handling skills, like this imaginary person we've talked about, physically cannot manage and maneuver that bike up technical trail. So by default, that person's not going up apex because that bike is too much to handle up apex. They lose If they lose purchase or they have to like catch their balance, 50 pounds is heavy. That's a heavy yeah, bike. It's a lot to, lot to mess with. So I don't think that person's going up there. So... I think that the people that are using those types of bikes on trails that are really technical and like fun mountain bike, what we call fun, which are more advanced types of things, they're copping out. You don't see a lot of e-bikes on Green Mountain, right? You don't, with the guy you're talking about, I'd highly doubt he's riding his e-bike on a very basic pea gravel wide double track trail. I think it's a bit of a cop out. Now, where I will allow you some real estate in my very fixed, not quite case crazy <laughs> mindscape is this. I have gotten on the e-bikes with you. I've gotten on a cargo one. I've gotten on a uh, mountain bike version and I've gotten on the fat bike mountain bike version. The, the double negative. The double negative because fat bikes are stupid and e-bikes are stupid, but e-fat bikes are double negatives. All three of those bikes I got on, I giggled like a little kid. Yeah. I think because of the novelty of it, um, but I've also seen people driving, like riding bikes rather. They commute. I've seen them around town driving home, whatever. And they seem so effortless and they're smiling and, have, and they're not in full rider get up. They're just in normal clothes and they're enjoying themselves. And I don't often ride a bike with like a gleeful, like the day is beautiful and these are the flowers. Mm -hmm. Like I don't feel that way. Mm -hmm. And the e-bikes have given me the opportunity to just giggle and smile. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it, that's where I've softened a little bit. Sure. So, <clears throat> all right. So take one of us, sure. me, you, Colin, um, Ben, Dan, any one of us. Is there a scenario where, you know, you're in the gym, you do three gym workouts a week, and you do five real bike workouts a week, whether it's outdoor, indoor, whatever, is there an allowance for somebody who does put forth the effort to truly experience mountain biking in what you're saying is the true way to experience it? Is there room for somebody like one of us to just go have a, you know, as Mo would say, go take a piss, you know, go just go have a stupid fun time for no reason other than you want to do something different and check out this silly thing with a motor on it. Because you rode it up and down the block in front of the shop and you're like, man, that's really kind of silly. I'm curious. Like, is, is there, can somebody work out enough to justify riding an e-bike? 
Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Marriage isn't easy, right? Not not as like a, I'm gonna buy one, but just like yeah. I want to go. Yeah. Three times a year, mm-hmm. I want to go do this. Totally. Okay. You know, marriage is tough, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's not easy, and it, it has ups and downs, and I, you have to work at it a lot. Yeah. Commun- and I would I would venture to argue that in your marriage, because similar in mine, that if you think about the work hours versus the like wow joy amazing hours there's probably more work hours if you think about it i think that's every relationship right okay fair enough right so you know my wife i work hard at our relationship i'm totally engaged i do the hard stuff we have great times too we have a lot of workouts we have a lot of stuff that goes well and this and that three times a year i just want to go out and just have a wild out of my ass fling with the hot toddy at the pay for hire down the street. <laughs> How the hell is that going to go at your household, Harley? How's that going to go? That's uh I do all the work though, babe. I worked out I have three times here and then five times there and I put it on and I just want to go have fun. I'm going to blow off some steam. I'm going to go down the street and buy the chitty chitty bang bang with Robert Kraft. I mean, yeah, that's not going to go over super it's well. It's not going to fly. It's not going to fly. What are you going to do? You're going to say, "Hey, that's not for me." That's not the type of person that I am. It's not for me. Now, I know that that's a huge stretch. That's a massive stretch. But it sounds exactly the same. I mean, you, you make a good point, right? right? Like you, um, just, you can't do that. You just... But you, just, you can put a ton of work into a marriage or any relationship, whether it's professional or personal. You know, in the case of, you know, we're using this marriage thing. You know, you, you have quality time. You have quality experiences. You take trips together. You do all this stuff. And then you say, okay, but I want to go mountain bike for three days in, in Bentonville and abandon all responsibility, yeah. you know? Yeah, so yeah, I, yeah. I think there, uh, there's a less extreme version of that argument. Yeah. Fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough. I, I just think, um, I think that if you're, if you're trying to soften my position on somebody like us using an e-bike and you're doing it as a, this is a totally out of bounds, like you just want to be crazy, like... That's not enough to inspire an entire um, commerce space for an e-mountain bike, and that's not enough to satisfy the demands of like an e-mountain bike consumer base. I think there's a fundamental flaw in the thinking that the e-mountain bike should just be more about opening up mountain biking to more people. I don't think that it should, the doors should, there is a barrier to entry, which is you need to grow and learn and work and make it easier through your growth as a rider to enjoy more parts of these trails. When I teach somebody how to mountain bike, I make them ride at Green Mountain for 10 times before I take them anywhere else. Mm-hmm. Like, have you done your 10 prerequisite rides at Green Mountain? No, I'm at eight. Two more and we'll go yeah. to Centennial Cove. See you in two more rides. Yeah, like you, you just, that's, you gotta do it. You gotta grow. You gotta go through the growing pains. It's just, it's, it's part of it. Um, maybe it's because I was a blue collar bootstrap mountain bike learner myself. Mm-hmm. But the, hey, I get two laps instead of one, I would argue that consistently, if you did two e-mountain bike laps at Apex, every time you ride pre-work, you did two e-mountain bike laps instead of one based on the, I can get two for one enjoyment. It's still the kind of the same amount of workout. If you do that for the next month and compare your true sense of fulfillment versus a full month of riding your normal bike, I would argue that the normal bike will bring you more joy. I, me, Harley, does not disagree. 
because I'm a, I'm experiencing mountain biking in a totally different way from this imaginary other person. Okay, so other person goes to Green Mountain and they ride an e-mountain bike. They have the skill set to stay on the trail and to pedal, but it is quite a bit easier for them because they have pedal assist. Okay, they do this two times a week for the next three months, okay, for the season. Or another person, same exact restraints and same exact human being, buy a standard mountain bike and they ride the same thing and it's significantly harder, obviously. They don't get to ride as far or see as much each day. Who really do you think takes a better, like, which customer is, is more, which customer has become a lifelong believer in you and Basecamp after the end of it? I can't answer that square. Like, I can't really say that, like, if, if, if an e-mountain bike changes the imaginary out-of-shape person's life to the point where they, let's say they're massively, like, out-of-shape, and they lose that 55 pounds, like, in effect, as being the person who facilitated that for them, I've made that impact. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's hard. I mean, it really does. I think at the end of the day, and I think this, like, we're going round and round a lot here. here. Um, I, at the end of the day, I think there's just a fundamental uh, different mindset between people who are going to use an e-bike and people who aren't. And it's, I, I believe it's okay to a point. Can I tell you what is maddening about this whole conversation? <laughs> what? The designations that we have to go through. Let me ask you, Harley. Um, <laughs> how do you walk? <laughs> One foot in front of the other, man. Okay, like what, what two appendages do you use? Oh, like, my legs. I if, use my legs. Yeah. If, you were to, if you were to describe your uh, body position when walking, okay, how would you describe it? Upright. Okay. If you were to walk on all fours, how would you – you would be crawling. Uh, yeah, crawling around. around. So okay. that? All right. So – if you were to tell me that you were going to use the first method of transport, you said the upright version. Yeah. If you were to say to me you were going to go to your vehicle right now and use that mode of travel, what is the sentence you would say? I'm going to walk to my truck. I'm going to walk to my truck. Okay. Here's the freaking problem with e-bikes. Okay. And I've been researching this online. We are now calling, there's a, an abusive use of adjectives. We are now calling non-e-mountain bikes are now being called acoustic bikes. Nope. This was in the video. Nope. I'm going to now ride my acoustic bike on the course. And as soon as the guy said it, I wanted to ghost dad reach through the YouTube video and <laughs> strangle chokehold the life out of him. You are not calling a bicycle yeah, now an acoustic bike. bike. There's, but there there's is a, no. There's a bicycle and then anything else needs some sort of modifier. Anything other than They're two wheels, pedals, chain. They're using the modifier. Chain. Like... Huh, what are you going to do today? Oh, I'm going to upright walk down to the coffee shop and then I'm going to upright walk back with my coffee because I'm an asshole. All right? What are you going to do today? I'm going to ride my bike. Which bike? My acoustic bike. Oh, hard day for you today, isn't yeah. it? Oh, man, I heard That's that. Rough. I was, oh, it's rough. I was, I was like, I can't, have, I can't no. have this conversation without using the F word. Yeah. And I've succeeded to this point. I'm surprised, actually. Um, <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I, I mean, I, I do think there's just, there are two categories i mean and i think that's with anything you know we we talked about this fictional musician person who spent a lot of money on music gear that's obviously a very serious musician there are casual musicians like there are people who just play their acoustic guitar (laughs) um you know so i play lots of video games there are people who are very serious about it and there are people who aren't like i think any 
any activity that people choose to participate in, do you have a group of diehard, hardcore, live, eat, sleep, breathe, sweat, dream, that thing? And then I think there's a whole nother group of people who are like, yeah, that's pretty cool. But dude, there is, but that's the thing is that we're now lumping in people who use standard bikes. Like you automatically categorize them as like hardcore, hardcore, like into it. No, I, I was out at Royal Gorge Trail two weekends ago. Uh, beautiful, by the way, if you guys haven't ridden at the Royal Gorge, it's really cool. Um, the rim trail there and it's neat. But there was a group of four, two guys, two girls, and the girls were riding flat pedaled diamondbacks with uh, reflectors still hooked nice, onto them. Nice. It was, and you know what? They were having so much fun. Yeah. Um, so not every mountain biker, non-e mountain biker, is this like hardcore diehard Spanish guy. I, I see. It's the, always been yeah. just, this is mountain biking. Like right. It's not for everybody. It is challenging. If you want to pick a new thing to like challenge yourself this year, mountain biking may be the thing for you. And the EMTB is just the white participant ribbon of this new thing, right? Like I'm, I'm on board with cargo and commuter and uh, uh, riding an e-cruiser bike around Wash Park and around Denver to go to farmer's markets. But if you're going to go out to the trails in, in anywhere in the world and you're going to ride these e-mountain bikes because you go, I get double the fun with less the effort, that just sounds like six-minute abs. Like it's just – All right. I, I, I'm, I'm trying to find a way to come – I'm trying to find a way to learn. With, and, I'm not, and I'm not trying to use arguments that are so just absurd. Like, right. I, I'm really trying to say like – why do we soften everything to be approachable for everyone when that thing became what it was because of the grit that it My uncle rode 26-inch, steel rigid. Yeah. Through, and you know what? We ride the same trails today. Like, why do we make, why do we make it so easy? I mean, I, that, that speaks to That's a whole other episode. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I, and you know, I, and I, I guess to, to an extent, I don't disagree, but I, I, even talking through it, like I, I actually am just going to assume the role that I kind of said I was going to pretend yeah. to assume, <laughs> um, which is that at the end of the day, um, if somebody is out responsibly enjoying trails and having fun, I'm not mad at it. Um, I'm obviously got my own set of issues that makes me want to go like race a mountain bike or go do a gravel race in, in 28 degree weather, just like you and just like the people that we surround ourselves with. So while I exist in a different space, um, I'm going to just accept those people as people who are enjoying bikes. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to say that I don't think it'll last. And, and I'm probably going to be that like, jackass super that's wrong. so wrong. You're so wrong. Yeah. I think it's not. I think I'm going to argue that it's not going to last. I'm going to argue that it's a super cute for now. Like, oh, so cool. But I think that the people who will buy these e-bikes, and I hope you sell a buttload of them. But these people who buy these e-bikes, I hope that they get one and they get into mountain biking. And they do, they're like, wow, it's so approachable. And then... Like most of the choices they've made in life, they looking for the easy way. They give up on it after a period of time, and it sits in the corner and gets dusty. And that happens enough times that the segment of humans that are buying those fall away, and uh, and it goes back to being this like this this thing that if you're a mountain biker, I have, you're a kindred spirit. And and right now there are some there's some ninjas that are creeping in there, not quite kindred spirits. And and that's what I truly think. I don't think people are going to move from e-bike. 
back to just standard mountain. I don't think it's a gateway drug. I think it's too tough. I think it's too hard. I mean, again, it's why I won't ride a dirt bike. It's, I think it's too hard of a gateway drug. And I'm not trying to win an argument between you and I because no. we are very outside of these assumed roles, you know, and outside of bike shop business owner. I think that we do see things pretty similarly. I know why I ride bikes. You know why you ride. Exactly. And you know what? I'm, I'm going to try to not turn my nose up to the e-bike when I'm entering a trail and I see the guy on it. But I know I'm going to. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It, it, and <clears throat> there's a lot. There's, there's more of you than there are of me. There is true. But according to, and, and I don't disagree with you, I think there are a lot of people, like you say, this population of people that go, wow, that's super cool. Um, you know, barrier to entry to mountain biking, it's hard, it's tough. You get bumps and bruises. It's going to smoke you. It's not for everybody. Barrier to e-mountain biking, it's like five Gs. Yeah. If you got five grand. So you're going to have, yeah, you're going to yeah, have to get, just go. Now, do I kind of like my slutty version of myself, like that dirty rotten You want to go ride the double negative. Yeah, like the little freaking like me in a mini skirt with fishnets. <laughs> I want to jump on an e-bike and I want it. I want to hammer up. Just to, like, I really just want to hammer that up just to, yeah, see, to see, like, how stupid up I could go. Right. But then when I get to the top, like, give me my Rayon you back. You want to, like, swap. Like, give me my Rayon back, full Kush core. Let yeah. me go full send because I don't think I can, like, torque the handlebar, tail whip, throw over a, a rock field on an e-bike the way I I think, actually, I think the joy factor, as much as we talked about, like, oh, I'll be two, do two fun laps. I think the joy factor is not as much on the downhill of an e-bike because you just can't do with the bike what you can because yeah. extra 20. Yeah. So I did, I rode Colorado trail with a 53 pound bike and it was miserable. I quit after two days. Like <laughs> it was I quit. Atrocious. It was, I never am going to do, do it. Do you remember again. you just being like, nah, I'm not, I'm not gonna. No. And I felt like a quitter for yeah. a period of weeks. Yeah, I yeah. slept in the back of a U-Haul truck in Salida <laughs> yeah. because of it. I was embarrassed. Um, so I don't think they're as fun. Yeah. So <clears throat> there are there are one there is one group of people that I will take a, a hard line. You do not get to ride an e-bike ever. Um, an article came out um, maybe a week or two ago. The uh, the UCI, the sanctioning governing body for all things professional uh, globally, internationally um, for cycling, mountain biking, road biking, etc. The AMA, which is uh, a motorsport uh, dirt bike sanctioning body, is having e-bike races at certain AMA events. So in the context of a motorcycle race, having an e-bike race, I'm actually not that upset about. No, it actually kind of sounds It kind, kind of, of makes sense. It's actually the people that would do an <laughs> e-mount bike race at a motocross event are kind of a little more hardcore than the right. mount, motocross guys. Um, but um, there's a big hubbub because the UCI... Uh, said that they were going to fine any UCI license holders for racing in AMA e-bike racing events. And this, I agree with 100%. If you're strong enough, fast enough, professional enough to have a UCI license to go race internationally, you don't get to race e-bikes. It's It would kind of be... <laughs> so I, I mean, I'll, like, I'll go there. Like, no. Yeah. Just hard no. Allowing, also, <laughs> allowing a professional rider to race an e-bike is like saying everybody in pro sports use steroids. Yeah. Like everyone get it. all the extras. Yeah. And no one, like you in fun jest, you say, that would be awesome. Let them do it. But no one really wants to see that. We want to see fair competition. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, that's, 
that's the one scenario where I'm willing to just say, yeah, you know what? You're, you're a professional athlete. No. Okay. I'm not going to paint you in a corner like the way you tried to call into question my... <laughs> Do it. <laughs> no, no. You tried to literally... Act, like You tried to publicly <laughs> get me to say <laughs> no to the like, oh, it's out of shape and just wants to change your life. And the, you, like, you tried to like call into question my integrity as a professional health manager. Would you believe I hadn't, didn't have that prepared? Like, no, I hadn't thought I about it. I don't agree with you at all. <laughs> I think that that was some real Benedict Arnold stuff, but... <laughs> I don't want to ask this of you, so I want to leave this question out there. But if a customer, an able body, so they didn't fit those categories, like an able bodied, out of shape or otherwise, it doesn't matter, like, but an able bodied person mm-hmm. comes in to the shop and is shopping for a mountain bike and says, I'm really debating between like a standard mountain bike and an e mountain bike, but I want to really get into this because I know you as a person, but even as a shop position, there has got to be a different opinion on the person shifting towards E versus standard. And I'm not going to ask you to answer that because it puts you into question on what no, you're trying to do. I actually think I can't answer it though. But if there's got to be a different way you look at those two customers and at our heart of hearts, that, that position is, is more indicative of how we truly feel. You're, you're probably right. But I don't want you to answer yeah. it because it's not that's fair. It's all right. It's okay. It's totally uh, not fair. Yeah, you yeah. sell them both. Listen, yeah. I smile on them. I kind of, like I said, the dirty slut in me wants to go ride one right. just to see. Um, and uh, right now I'm just riding it around the neighborhood. Yeah. Um, but like I want an e-cargo bike. Yeah. I think it's totally cool. What about an e-bike with a sidecar trailer with my actual bike and I ride the e-bike to, to the, the trail, trail, right? I, yeah. I think that's yeah. – but then again, there's a guy in Boulder I know who only mountain bikes – he, he never puts his bike on a car. So if he's going to mountain bike a trail, he has to ride he to rides the trail. To the ride. And I know he looks down on me yeah. because I drive my bike to a trail. Right. Um, well, dude, I mean, I don't know that we got anywhere, but no, it was a ton of fun. It is a ton of fun. And there's a lot of people who want to have this conversation. Yeah. You know, it's super taboo. It's hard. Like, I mean, you know, I, I, I talk to bicycle industry professionals all the time. And within the bike business, there's kind of like what you'll say to other professionals and then what you'll say publicly. Um, and anybody that works at a bike shop that says difference full of shit. Um, but yeah, it, it's a, it's a hard topic. Like I said, at the start of the episode, literally everybody's got some opinion. There's nobody that's just kind of like, I mean, you know, whatever. <laughs> it, it, listen, you can build a scenario where both make sense, right? You just really can. And I have to, I have to relent to that. You can build a scenario where it makes sense for both people. I'm just going to say, the decision you make speaks a lot about who you are. Um, it just does. In my, it, in my opinion, it does. And you know what? I do a really good job at the gym of meeting people where they are at. Like you said, I do modify things and meet people where they're at. And so maybe in the near future, I won't judge that person on that bike. Fortunately, everyone I've seen on trail on e-bike has white hair. And so that is like <laughs> okay by me. Right. But I do remember getting chased down on Centennial Cone Ride uh, last year. And this guy was coming up my ass. I think we talked about it at some point. And I was firing to stay in front of this guy. Yeah. And he was like, you know, you can tell yeah. he wasn't very experienced. Yeah. And I'm like, how is this guy coming? Oh, it's the motor. And he finally comes. And I stayed in front of him, but only because I nuked myself. Right. And he had an e-bike. And I was like, you don't deserve one. Right. But, you know, we all have an opinion. We know who we are. Yeah. Um, a couple, I think a little uh, house cleaning, as it were. Um Shameless self-promotion is uh, Basecamp turned a year. Hey-o! 
uh, April 1st, and uh, we're having a big party in May, May 4th, Star May, Wars Day. May 4th, many people will be leaving the Ridgeline Rampage race, Yeah, coming directly to base camp. I might go race it and then come to base camp. I haven't decided. I mean, Colin well, encouraged me to do that. If you want to plant your flag as, I'm the owner of this SOB and come in <laughs> hardcore, that I all the way for it. That's the way to do it. That's the um, way to do it. So we are having a, a big, uh, big party at the shop on May fourth. Um, bring the family, come have fun. Um, there is an Eventbrite page, uh, but you don't really have to sign up. We'll have raffle tickets. All the all the proceeds from the raffle, just like last year, um, are gonna benefit the uh, Colorado Mountain Bike Association, uh, better known as Comba. Um, and last year we raised, I want to say six, 700 bucks. Um, it wasn't uh, earth shattering, but I think when you're trying to develop new trails and maintain old ones, uh, every little bit helps. Totally. That's like several shovels. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. You can buy a lot of shovels with 600 bucks. Um, we are getting a, a ton of support, um, from vendors like, uh, Santa Cruz and, um, Continental, Bell, Giro, Shimano, uh, et cetera. So there'll be some pretty cool raffle prizes. Um, I'm going to hit Justin up for some some sessions or some protein powder or something for the raffle. So uh, May 4th, um, love to see everybody that's in, in – uh, shit, everybody, wherever you are. There's one guy that listens to us in Australia. Dude, yeah, if you can see, make it, come on. <laughs> you can stay at my you. house. <laughs> uh, and uh, as the episodes kind of continue here, we are going to have coming down the the, the – Summer, we're going to have tons of demos letting you guys come out and see. And so we're going to talk a lot about in these coming episodes where you can find us. We're going to spend the entire summer out on trails, getting people stoked on, on bikes. Yep, all the yep, way through. definitely. Um, do have to give the, uh, the obligatory uh, shout-out to the uh, Breck Epic sponsors, um, Orbea, Crank Brothers. We just got a bunch of Crank Brothers stuff. Um, First so- time on Crank Brothers pedals for me yeah. this weekend. And I rode them both. I rode, you know, the Matt was a Candy yeah, Seven, the candies and the, uh, and then the the super the super lightweight egg beaters. Yeah, I rode them both. Yeah, um, took a little like the smallest of adjustment, getting like smallest bit of adjustment to get used to them, but not much. And uh, I think I'm gonna really enjoy the lightweight of the XC pedal. Yep. Um, and the Matt pedal was also just different, right? Yeah, it's just a little bit different. Not yep. not huge, um, but enjoyed them. It was awesome. Loved yep. the pedals. Uh, yeah, like you said, we're waiting on waiting on some wheels, but waiting on some wheels. Um, who else? Uh, SRAM Access groups have been flying on the bikes. Oh, the brand new noise <laughs> to let you know what category of rider you are is. <laughs> yeah, and that's a guy shifting his yeah. wireless rear derailleur. So um, that's all I got for housekeeping. Anything on the E three side of things? No, yeah, we're solid, man. Rolling through, and uh, got a couple of mountain bike clinics coming up here. One in May, one in June. And so we'll throw those we'll throw those shout outs on social media. Pay attention to us. Uh, if you show up with an E mountain bike at any of those clinics, uh, because I'm going to have a large presence there. There are E three events at this at, the, at this point. Good. So. If you have an E, then you have to ride to the event with the. You can't <laughs> if you pull it off the back of the car. Thirty burpees. That's the rule. Thirty burpee penalty in a row too. You know I intentionally never go to E three on my birthday. You it, it's it's all the burpees on it's happy yeah, burpee happy, bur- happy burpee happy burpee. So, guys, appreciate it. Hey, if you have opinions about the e-bikes, if you want to jump in on this, put us on blast on social media. Hit us on Instagram. Hit Basecamp Cycler E3 Fitness. Tag us individually. Tag us uh, JH at JH Sweats Daily on Instagram. Um, at One Day Longer 
uh, for me on Instagram. If you got an opinion about any of this stuff, yell at us about it. We want to hear about it, and we will we'll circle back next episode <laughs> if you guys come through with them, some fun stuff. Let's see the best debaters out there. You can't handle the truth. All right, buddy. That's a good time. <laughs> You're weak! You're done! So get the fuck out!